What does filmed for IMAX mean? It isn't just a movie that'll look great on IMAX's screens. It means that hiding from a sandstorm feels like fear in every flicker. And every triumph is felt in every sound wave. And the things we've only imagined, you can truly experience those too. That's what filmed for IMAX means. Get tickets to Experience Dune Part 2 now and IMAX's exclusive expanded aspect ratio. Hello and welcome to It's a Fandom Thing. I'm your host, Erin Marlowe, and each week I'm joined by a panel of guests to discuss all things fandom and pop culture, primarily from a female perspective. You'll find everything from fanfic to cosplay to Schitt's Creek to Supernatural and everything in between. So put on your favorite piece of fandom merch, set aside that fanfic that you're writing about your OTP, and sit back and enjoy this week's episode. and welcome to It's a Fandom Thing. We are continuing our slashers portion of our horror celebration with a discussion about the Nightmare on Elm Street series. We are not going to speak of the remake. So if you came here to listen to us talk about that, you will be very disappointed because we will not mention that at all. But before I have my lovely panelists introduce themselves and tell me something they're into, just a quick housekeeping note. We do have a Patreon now. So if you want to support the show for as little as $3 a month and get some cool bonus episodes like the bonus episode we have available right now, which is a lot of fun little outtakes from our Poltergeist episode. There's nothing about Poltergeist in these outtakes. In fact, you would be hard pressed to even find a link between what we talk about and Poltergeist (laughs) in these outtakes. So it's a fun little thing. And then we have a Lucifer episode, which I'm hoping will be dropped this weekend, this coming weekend. And it's a Lucifer bonus one just talking about the series finale and so tons of spoilers. So if you want to become a Patreon and help us, that would be awesome. The link is in the show notes or go to any of our social media and you will find it there. Okay, so I'm very, very excited because I have my podcast brain twin. I talk about her a lot on the show. You also probably know her from our live tweets of that show that will not leave us alone. (laughs) Jen from my streaming bubble. I'm so excited to have you back. So what are you into right now, Jen? Well, hi, thanks for uh, having me back. I love being a guest on your, on your show. It's just so much fun. Uh, Let's see. What am I into right now? Well, there's uh, doom patrol, the third season. I'm a couple episodes behind because I had some require required watching to do. Uh, But there was that. And I recently finished a rewatch of Letter Kenny, and I've kind of been thinking about going back and rewatching that because I just love that show. It's just so, so funny. <laughs> so that's pretty much it. And just kind of spooky movies, uh, trying to find stuff that's family friendly, kid friendly, just getting oh, in yeah. the spirit. Well, there's the new Haunted Mansion show on Disney Plus. I haven't watched it yet, but it's got Darren Chris in it. So that's why I have to oh, watch it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, is that the because we're watching a Muppets one tonight, Muppets Halloween episode. So, yeah, the Haunted Mansion one is really good. It's really cute. I like it. It's Muppets. How can you not? So, (laughs) very, very true. Yeah, yeah. And Doom Patrol is the one that Jen has recommended to me because it has 
one of my other guys, Matt Bomer, in it. So I definitely have to check it out at some point. <laughs> and he's really good in it. I mean, he's good in a lot of things, but he's, he's like good in a lot really of good things. in it. Yeah. I, he's I like bandaged him. up most of the time. So it's a lot of a lot more of like the way he portrays things uh, through just vocally and body mm -hmm. language. And he just it it's it's just a, it's a fun watch. It's yeah, a fun yeah. show. He's a he's a good actor. We're going to be talking about him when we talk about White Collar next year. Just let everybody know we're doing some USA shows. Whoops. Next year. So. Sasha, what are you into? Uh, I finally finished My Heart is a Chainsaw, book by Stephen Graham Jones. And it is basically a uh, young girl who is half Indian. Her town is being taken over gentrification. Um, I believe the tribe is Blackfeet is what her dad is. And so it's kind of her trauma, mental health, and she uses slasher movies to escape her life and then a slasher comes to town and so she thinks she can solve it and figure out who the final girl is and all of that stuff so um it is an excellent excellent book so i highly recommend that well thank you susie what are you into yeah um i just recently watched the newest what we do in the shadows episode and that's pretty fun i just i like anything to do with vampires and especially like silly vampires which is very much what this show is and i'm really excited to see the next episode because where we left off one of them got brainwashed by this like health cult for vampires <laughs> that was preaching like we can make you human and and it just went off the rails it was, oh she's so funny <laughs> You know what I am? Another another trailer. I know I said a trailer on our last episode for the Batman, but I am very excited because there is a new George Clooney movie that he directed coming out. The Tender Bar with Ben Affleck and Lily Rabe. Oh, speaking of American Horror Story, Lily Rabe. Oh, I love her so much. Um, and she's in it and a couple other people. And it's basically a coming of age story about a guy who who doesn't have a dad his dad kind of abandoned him all this kind of stuff christopher lloyd is also in it as his grandfather and any any movie that has to do with dad issues <laughs> or dad's leaving are totally up my alley so i know i will be crying profusely during this movie i am i almost cried in the trailer so that's what i'm excited about i was like yay i i, I have something there you're excited <laughs> to cry yay <laughs> I'm excited to yay <laughs> yeah. Well, it's Oscar season, so there's all of movies, oh, you know. So sure. there's that, and then there's there's a new Paul Thomas Anderson movie coming out called Licorice Pizza, that I am so excited because if you don't know, Paul Thomas Anderson is my absolute favorite writer and director. He wrote my absolute favorite movie ever, Magnolia. So I'm so so super excited for that. <laughs> I am going to do an episode about Paul Thomas Anderson someday. Okay, so let's get into Nightmare on Elm Street. So I want to start off with talking about Freddy, the villain. So, Jen, what are your overall thoughts on Freddy Krueger as a villain and Robert England's performance? Well, Nightmare on Elm Street is probably, was probably my first horror movie. I saw it when I was five uh, with my older cousins who are the youngest one is like seven years older than than I am. So they didn't really care <laughs> to like shield me from anything too <laughs> terrible. So he's always been like out of kind of like the the holy trinity of the slasher killers. 
Freddie's been my dude. He, I always was so scared of him. Um, the whole idea, that concept of like, you know, being attacked in your dreams and dying in your dreams and having that be real, that's, that's some scary shit. So, mm-hmm. and then I thought he does an amazing job. I mean, even throughout the sequels where it gets a little silly or whatever, but I thought I, there's no one else that can play him, honestly. Yeah. And if I see that Robert England is in a movie, uh, comedy, horror, or anything like that, I'm I'm watching it. I think there was one like Zombie Strippers yes. years ago yeah. I watched only because he was in it. And then I laughed the entire time because that movie was ridiculous. So he's definitely someone that I'm, I kind of, I guess I don't really follow him, but when I see him in something, I'm just like, all right, this is going to be a blast. And mm-hmm. Freddie is just, just, just scary. The knives, the hand, the screech, like <laughs> screechy sounds, scrapey sounds. Oh, I don't like it. So that's why I love them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And Sasha. I love Nightmare on Elm Street. Um, I think the reason that I love it so much is because it has that corny, cheesy element to it where it's like, it's freaky to think that you can die in your dreams and this dude is going to come get you. And I agree the nails, like, I don't know why he has to do that. Like nails on a chalkboard sound. I don't, I hate that noise. So every movie he does it. Um, and it's like, don't. it just, yeah. it's a gross noise. Don't <laughs> yes. do it. But I think Freddie is a fantastic villain just because of the idea of you're not safe in your dreams. Like if you're asleep, you're not safe. What? No, you're supposed to be safe in your sleep. Like, mm-hmm supposed to be a safe space so i think that that makes him a great villain and robert england is nobody else can play freddy if anybody saw the movie we are not speaking of and the movie that shall not be named you know that he robert england is freddy there nobody else can be him it's not the same you watch it and you're like what is this garbage bad so yeah i i watched them um I very clearly remember one Halloween, a group of us got together. We watched, I don't know how many, like four, six of them, whatever, back to back, like all night. And I had to return the VHSs to the video store. (laughs) VHSs Mm -hmm. to the video store. Just want to be clear there the next day. And I was like, am I asleep? Am I awake? What is real? Like it messed me up. That's funny. And Susie? I just think... Freddy is a really interesting villain, both in due to the performance given by the wonderful, talented Robert England, and also just kind of like the backstory that they give him in the movies. I think, oh, I, I gotta admit, it's not gonna be in my list of favorites, but like one of my favorite like performances of Freddy is when him and Jason were fighting. <laughs> And just seeing that interaction, the interactions yeah. between the two and the clips, it's, it's so good. It's so fun. It's, but I just, it's just so interesting. And I love how Wes just kind of builds this new kind of like villain. <laughs> and and he's even also like, also the history behind his creation is also really interesting. If mm-hmm. people don't know, I re- definitely recommend you go look it up and just read about it because it is really cool to like learn about it. But just, I just love Robert. He is, he's my Freddy. And 
it's ah, uh, he just he, his face makes me happy. <laughs> That's great. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's the he's the best. Robert England is the best. I mean, I think you know of all the slashers we're going to be talking about, especially with this Michael and Jason. Is, you know, he's the only one that has been consistently played, except for the movie that we will not talk about, by the same actor. It's the only one where, you know, the actor has to do a lot more emoting and a lot more emotion and a lot more character. And he speaks, unlike Jason and Michael. So you have that as well. And if you haven't seen the show V from the 80s, and you want to see a totally different side of Robert England, go watch that show because he is the sweetest guy in that show. Oh my gosh. That show was so great anyway. But he's he's so, so good. And he's a he's a Shakespearean trained actor. He's like, he has the chops. But what I love about Robert England is he embraces the fact that he is a horror icon. Like he's never shunned that. He's never looked down on the genre. He's never been like, I'm above this or wanted to run away from it. He understands this is what he's known for. This is what people love about him. And he embraces that. And he's very intelligent and smart. And I think it was Tanya on our Bruce Campbell episode, actually. She mentioned that she knew someone who did makeup, worked on him or did something. It wasn't Freddie and said he was like the nicest person they'd ever met. I know that Roman and Tyler talked about that, about how when they did their documentary about the second Nightmare on Elm Streets, um, you know, and their documentary Scream Queen, My Nightmare on Elm Street. When they did that documentary, they didn't real. they were like, we'll probably get like five minutes with Robert England. And that was actually what they had. And they said, he sat there and spoke to us for like an hour, like hours, which is so sweet and nice and was fine with talking about what we were talking about. So I just think the fact that he is such a professional, he loves what he's doing. He knows what he's doing. I think that translates and you can see that a lot in his performance. And I think that's why it's lasted so long. I think that's why Freddie is so legendary is because of that. So yeah, I just, I, I love it. And Freddie as a character, you know, now my favorite is Michael Myers. My favorite is the Halloween series. And that is my favorite horror movie is the first Halloween. But for a long time when I was younger, this was my favorite. And I know I've shared this story before, but I'll share it again. I had a dream once that I was going on a date with Freddy Krueger. And (laughs) I was really worried. I was really scared. And I remember saying to my mom, I'm really nervous, mom. He kills people. And she's like, ah, it's no big deal. (laughs) Which totally sounds like my mom. Uh, Yeah. Sure, he's a decent guy. It's yeah. one little flaw. You can overlook it. Yeah, overlook that flaw. <laughs> so I loved Freddie. I loved the TV show that they had that he hosted. Uh, just everything about this character because I think you also had the fantasy element. So it wasn't a straight up slasher because at that time I didn't even like to call this a slasher movie. I think it, it totally is, but I didn't like to call it that when I was younger. I was like, oh, slashers are stupid. And now that's like my favorite subgenre. But <laughs> when I was younger, I was like, no, 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 no. They're stupid. They're just about murder and death. And Freddie at least has a storyline. And at least <laughs> he's funny. And he's not just not talking. And um, But yeah, the fantastical elements. I, I suffer from insomnia. I have my entire life. Sleep is a mystery to me. I don't sleep well. I don't have good dreams anyway. So that also played into it was having, you know, a character that does haunt your dreams. And 
that fear that you won't wake up from your dreams. And yeah, definitely research the history. Some of the history of this is this actually uh, Wes Craven, who we talked about on Scream as being a master of horror because he is. He came up with this character combination of things. I mean, he saw an old man in the alley once when he was a young boy that scared him and was looking up with a smile on its on his face, kind of like Freddy. He also did read some stories about teenagers that actually were dying um, in their sleep. So he also came up with it through there. And there's a bunch of other history with it, too. Uh, but, yeah, I, I, I just I love this series. It's probably my second favorite right behind Halloween. But these movies are very entertaining there. I think they're different than slasher than the typical slasher because you've got that fantasy element to it. And because it's in a dream, you can do things that you don't do in regular ones. So it's not just the typical throat slashes or stabbing or anything like that. There's all sorts of different unique ways that he kills people. So I think that also he makes gets him creative. Exactly. He gets he's like, I'm not going to do the typical just mm. with my knife hand. <laughs> I'm going to throw you into TV. I'm going to do all sorts of different, make you a cartoon. I'm going to do all sorts of things with you to kill you. <laughs> but I want to know, we're going to move on now to what your top three Nightmare on Elm Street movies are, Jen. Oh, God. Well, <laughs> the first one, for sure, tops. Always, always, always. I actually never really watched the sequels uh, growing up because I... I, I wasn't interested. <laughs> I, I liked the first one. I knew he got silly and, and cheesy and campy, and that's fine. But I liked him scary. Um, so for that reason, I'm going to go New Nightmare as the second one because he is, and I, I, I kind of love just that like meta-ness of it as well. He's he's actually real in real life and attacking like the actors and everything. So I thought, I just think that whole idea was fun, and I thought they did a, a pretty good job with it but he's like scary he's very menacing and i like that for my third one i'm gonna go i really liked dream warriors yes and again and it's so the three that I, the, my top three all have you know heather langenkamp and i love her as I, I i love her as nancy i always thought she was an amazing final girl and so I think that's part of the reason why my top three are the ones that she happens to be in. But I liked, I, I just, I liked Dream Warriors. I really did. Mm -hmm. I thought the cool kind of idea of um, Kristen being able to pull people into her dreams was really kind of interesting. I liked, I'm trying to think, because I watched them all like kind of back to back. So they're all <laughs> bleeding together, so to speak. But yeah, I, that one I thought was, was kind of fun and interesting. So, and it, has a little a bit of that everything that you kind of come to expect from the Nightmare franchise. Mm -hmm. Sasha, your top three. Um, I have the same top three, but mine are in a different order. So I think that uh, Dream Warriors is going to be my favorite. I think it's the best of the series. I love, like you said, I love the that she can pull everybody into her dreams. I like when they're all in the the group and they're testing the dream thing and they're like, how do you know you're dreaming? And, you know, um, I love that everybody has their strength, right? So there's the mm -hmm. one boy who's like, I'm a, you know, I'm a wizard 
master. I can do these things. The other girl is like beautiful and badass. She's got like the mohawk and the, you know, she's got the knives. She's awesome. And the mohawk is amazing. It's Mm -hmm. huge. And it doesn't like flop a lot. Impressive. I Yeah. yeah. Incredible. (laughs) I'm all about that. Like if I could figure out how to pull that off and rock it, I'm there. So for me, I think Dream Warriors is definitely my favorite. Then I would put the first one. And then I would do A New Nightmare as well. And I wrote down in my notes that all the ones I like are the ones with Heather in it. Because she is Nancy. And it's like, she brings that cohesiveness to everything. So I like A New Nightmare for the same reasons you do. Like, it's, it's so meta, the cast and the, you know, everything that's happening and when she first sees Robert, she has this moment of like, oh, you're Robert, but you're Freddy, but you're Robert, but you're Fred, but what, you know? <laughs> so I I agree with your assessments on all of those. And Susie? Okay. I'm just going to start off and whatever, whatever lands wherever is going to, that's going to be the, <laughs> the order. Because I can't choose. I can't choose. Yeah. <laughs> no. I really like the first nightmare. That's like one of my top favorites because you get introduced into the world of Heather and Freddy, and you, it's like when you're first introduced to Freddy. So I feel like it's a lot of kind of like world building, and you kind of see how she deals with this <laughs> with this terrible guy. You won't let her sleep. Like, dang, dude. Some people need rest, Freddy. <laughs> Some people need rest. <laughs> Darn you, sir. Let a girl take a nap. Damn. Yeah. Right, Jesus. Like, you can't, like, like that who, was part of the reason we didn't marry him on the bed. Yeah. I know. He would be relentless. He wouldn't let you sleep. Like, oh, my God. I once saw someone say that the only way they could get Freddie to leave him alone was that they aggressively flirted with him until they t- he took them to court. And was like, I need a restraining order. They won't stop flirting with me. I need to sleep too. I'm gonna see them in my nightmares, and I'm like, that's the approach. You just aggressively flirt with with Frederick. That's funny, but it's okay. So the first one, I really, and just Heather is one of my like top favorite final girls. She's just so fabulous and amazing. I love you so much, Heather. If you also want to come on the podcast, that would be great. I've met Heather. She gave me my award that I won. And, and That's <laughs> awesome. I had stars in my eyes when I read that. I was like, oh, goodness. It's fabulous. <laughs> anyway, I really like the second one most because kind of like growing up, it was one of the very few kind of like queer horror films that I knew of. And so for that, it holds a very special place in my heart. And I just I love it so much. I don't want to talk about it too much because then I'm gonna I'm gonna start crying. So I'm just Aww. gonna I'm just gonna move on. But it, it means a lot to me and I just I really like it. Okay. I like oh the third one. Oh no, because it's it's a two way oh sorry. Oh my god, it's a two way thing. Okay. <laughs> okay. I'm just gonna close my eyes and pick one. Okay, new nightmare. <laughs> I just I really like Lee Nightmare because again we we get to be in in kind of like Heather's world and we get to see like the breaking of the fourth wall almost in between people sort of and between the characters and the 
kind of like the creation and like he's real he exists it's just it's good i really i really like it and i like that wes craven had made this for us to enjoy (laughs) yeah my uh my top three are exactly like jen's exact same order (laughs) that's why we're twins yep so yeah it is the first one the first one is my second favorite horror movie period and i just i think it's it's scary it's creepy it's so well done uh i love and we're going to talk about this in a minute but i I love the way women are in these movies i want to say in the series overall, I think women are treated with a lot of respect. And I really appreciated that. No matter if they are the tip, the woman who sleeps with a lot of men or doesn't sleep with a lot of men, all the women are treated with respect. And that's not always the case sometimes in slashers. We'll definitely talk about that with Friday 13th <laughs> movies. Uh, but so I really appreciated that. I think Nancy is a great final girl. I have mentioned before, I I was very lucky to meet Heather Langenkamp and give her a hug before COVID. This was like right before everything shut down, literally like just a couple of weeks before. And she's really sweet. And I do want to say, if you don't know, she has a special effects company with her husband in LA and they actually do a lot of special effects on American Horror Story. So (laughs) (laughs) they're the studio that helped create the lovely demon that we all love so much. Um, Uh (laughs) Aha. But she's really sweet and and kind, and I think that also translates. Um, and she's just a great final girl in the fact that she's so, so smart, and it's never about her being just a good girl. It's about – I think that's another reason I like The First Nightmare is if you're first watching it, it might seem like she's not going to be the final girl, and it might be Tina. And so they kind of flip that, and I like that a lot. And I like the fact that Freddie isn't a, isn't comedic in the first one, really. I mean, he's got some lines, but he's not a comedian. He's just terrifying and scary. And I, I loved that. So I th- and I think it still has some really scary scenes. I think the body bag scene with Tina is still, hands down, one of the scariest scenes ever. Her death Her is death. terrifying. Ugh. Absolutely terrifying. That that the amount, and not just because the amount of blood. But also because of watching Glenn during that when he's sitting on the floor and watching that and he can't do anything and he doesn't understand what's happening. That was absolutely terrifying. And then New Nightmare was just New Nightmare to me was almost like Wes Craven saying, "Okay, my character that I created that wasn't supposed to be this comedic joke, wasn't supposed to be funny and has strayed so much into that territory. I'm going to take him back and take him back and claim him again and make something terrifying and scary and meta and it works so well. And that Freddy is scarier than the first Freddy, honestly. Mm-hmm. I, there's something more terrifying about him. And I think it's because it's not supposed to be the Freddy in those movies. It's supposed to be the Freddy that's unleashed from this creation. And I love certain scenes in there, like the scene with Robert England when he's just talked to Heather and then he hangs up the phone and then he's painting those dark paintings of Freddy and all that stuff. That was so creepy. Mm-hmm. Really, those creepy. are really cool. I like. I kind of want that <laughs> hanging up in the basement. <laughs> those are yeah. really good. They were really good. Yeah, they were really good. And her son in that movie is really creepy. I'm so that's what they want to say. Yeah, pet cemetery so kid. Cool. That kid. Yeah, he's adorable, <laughs> so but he's 
unnerving. <laughs> He's very unnerving. I'm like, oh, creepy children. Yes. But and and then Dream Warriors. I I love this one. This is the one I've probably seen more than any of the other ones, honestly. Uh, and I think it's it it's one of the best sequels of any horror franchise out there. You know, we did a poll and I mentioned it on our Scream episode and asking whether people preferred Scream or Nightmare on Elm Street. Scream won by 52% and Nightmare on Elm Street by 39%, which kind of surprised me. But we did have someone comment that, you know, I have to vote for Nightmare on Elm Street because even though Scream has is a tighter franchise, Dream Warriors is for Nightmare on Elm Street. So I have to give it to Nightmare on Elm Street because of Dream Warriors being superior and I have to say, I liked the fact that all the kids that were in this psychiatric facility were not treated like they were completely, quote unquote, crazy or insane. They were treated with respect. And I really appreciated that. And I and I have to say, you know, growing up in that time, and I've talked about my own personal experiences with being hospitalized as a teenager, There, this is very true. During that time, a lot of teenagers were being hospitalized left and right. It was a big business. It was a business. They were making money. They've done, there were like 2020 stories, stuff like that about it. And they'd get in there and then get kicked out once the um, insurance ran out. And I think whether or not it was intentional, I always view this one as kind of a response to that, what was starting to go on at that time. Because a lot of these kids, and throughout these movies, the parents are awful and horrible human beings in these movies. They abandon their kids. They don't listen to their kids. They don't take their kids seriously. And I think this was really a reflection of that. If I don't want to deal with my kid and my kid's problems, so I'm going to lock them away and have somebody else deal with them because it's too much for me to handle. And I loved the fact that you had... Nancy become a therapist and I think that fit perfectly and having her help them. So it was just, it's just a perfect, perfect sequel, I think. And I, and there's humor in it. There's definitely humor, you know, welcome to prime time, bitch and <laughs> stuff. There's humor to it, but it still has some of that darkness in it as well. And, you know, and watch and having Nancy die was really sad and heartbreaking, but I thought she had a good death. Um, and I loved that she was able to come up at the end and stab Freddie with his glove. I thought that was amazing. And Patricia Arquette was really good in that. I liked Patricia Arquette a lot. She's great anyway. So it was fun to watch her. So, yeah, definitely one of them. And I do want to quickly shout out number four because I do think number four is actually a lot of fun. I think that one is cheesy, campy, but it's a lot of fun. So I'm just going to quickly <laughs> shout this one out because I thought it worked real well after that one. Okay, so I know we all love Nancy, and so you don't have to just mention Nancy, but <laughs> who are your favorite final girls? There was something about Nancy and how she just gets, like, right to it, you know? They did pull the old switcheroo with uh, Tina and Nancy, you know, showing us Tina first. Uh, that was not really done or heard of at the time, so to flip that and then make Nancy uh, the final girl, and once it's kind of... I mean, even when it starts, even when he starts terrorizing Tina, like she's all about trying to figure out what the fuck is going on. Mm -hmm. And she has no problems like, all right, I'm going to go to sleep. I need you to watch me. I'm going to do this. I'm going to go get them at the sleep clinic. She I, she goes to sleep and she has some big fight with Freddie and we don't see any of it. And she just comes back with her with his hat. 
I that is fucking awesome. That is some <laughs> badass final girl shit. Like not afraid. Like she got mm-hmm. she gets in there. So I I always love it. And even in like a new nightmare. So as soon as she's kind of realizing it all clicks, she's right back into like, nope, I got to do this. Now her kid's involved. So that definitely ups the ante and everything. So she's, she, she's, I think she's, she's my top, top final girl. I'm trying to think of some of the others and they're all great. Don't get me wrong, but I, I love how they're all, like you said, the women are portrayed, uh, within this franchise. I think I had read somewhere that I think Wes's daughter had made a, made something said something about the women in these slasher movie, horror movies are always falling down. So he made it a point to not have them just trip. And if they did, you know, they got up, kept going right away. So I like just that little difference I think is a, is a really big deal. And so we see that and she just powers through, continues to kick ass. So yeah, I'm sticking Nancy, final answer. <laughs> final girl, final answer. Final girl, final answer. Yeah, and, and his daughter is also the reason Johnny Depp ended up in that role because he did not like Johnny Depp. Mm-hmm. He was like, this guy's bland and boring. I don't want him in here. And his daughter said he's dreamy. And he's like, okay, I guess I'll cast him. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. Um, Sasha? Yes to everything John said about Nancy. I think Nancy is, it, for the entire series overall she is the best final girl um i do love patricia arquette and her character of Kristen in the third one i think that she was a great final girl as well when the fourth one started and she was recast i was like i'm not watching this i watched it but i was like i I was very angry about it so yeah i just wrote down that nancy is the ultimate final girl (laughs) and then my other note was that uh, because of Patricia Arquette, Kristen gets a nomination. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Final are answer. You, are you going with the same answer, Susie? Pretty much, yeah. I really like, <laughs> I really love Nancy and like Kristen. Um, but I just just want to like also mention just Jesse. Also really like Jesse's role. Performances <laughs> are and we love scream him. queen, scream queen king. Mm-hmm. Love him. And Mark Patton is, oh, I love Mark Fabulous. Patton. Oh, my gosh. He He's is so, fan. oh, yes, definitely, definitely. We do. We 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 love you, Mark. Yeah, he's great. He's great. And, you know, I I, I will say again, you know, I, I, I never, and I skipped over least favorite. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to. We'll go back to it. But I do want to stress again, I really do recommend watching that documentary. And uh, the reason I recommend it is, you know, if you don't like that one, because a lot of people don't like the second one and have a lot of problems with it, go watch that documentary, see how much that movie means to people, and then rewatch it. And I'm telling you, my opinion on that movie is so different now than it used to be. So I just want to throw that out there because I don't know. I didn't, I never realized when I was younger how important this, that movie was to people. So I just want to say that really quickly. Uh, but I'm going to mention another final girl to kind of mix it up a little bit because I love Nancy. I do. I love her. But I'm going to mention Alice from the fourth and fifth one. And she does survive the fifth one. And as far as we know, unless I'm forgetting something, she's still alive. Uh, so I liked that. I thought that was just a really interesting character watching her go from, you know, where she's always having the daydream. So she's already kind of living in this alternate reality 
and then watching her become stronger and taking on the strength and the power of people when they die. I thought that was a really interesting thing to watch. That's why I kind of like the fourth one a lot. And, you know, while I have problems with the fifth one, what I thought was interesting with that one was taking it to the point where if you're pregnant and your baby is dreaming and you're awake, having that stuff happen well, and you don't have to be dreaming. So I thought that was a really interesting take to do as well. And, and that was a lot about women in our power and being mothers and stuff. So I thought that was cool. And I thought she was really good in that one too. So I just wanted to give a shout out to Alice because I was like, everybody's going to mention Nancy. So I'm going to think of another final girl to mention other than Nancy or Kristen. So yeah. See, and I, like I, and I liked, and I liked Alice for all those reasons, but I guess for me, I didn't mention her because she only becomes stronger through gaining the the power of her of her dead friends. <laughs> <laughs> and it's yeah. and it's and 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 that's great and everything too, but it it wasn't organic, I guess. <laughs> so that was but I but I completely agree. I love how just a badass she became uh towards the end and everything, but mm-hmm. so fair points. <laughs> No, but I, I, I mean, I see what you're saying. And and I loved Kristen too. I actually didn't mind her in the fourth one. And a lot of that is, that's because Patricia Arquette wouldn't come back. I want to say that's not because they wanted to recast her. Patricia Arquette would not come back. So that's why they had to recast her, I will say. And okay, sorry. So we're going to go back to least favorite here <laughs> since I skipped over that. So I do want to know what your least favorite is, Jen. Uh, I'd have to say, so, uh, for the, for today, I was only able to get up to new nightmare. So I didn't Mm -hmm. get to Freddie is dead or Jason versus Freddie. So based on that alone, I unfortunately have to say the second one only because it deviates from him killing people in their dreams. And I just, I don't like that. So that was a big, (laughs) that it's just, it's, it, then it's just another like slasher movie. And that's kind of what set it apart was, the dream attacks and everything. So, I mean, otherwise, like I, I had read about um, the the importance of of that movie to a lot of uh, kids growing up, especially in that time period in the eighties. And so, I went into it knowing that and keeping that open mind. And I thought Jesse, I loved how he screams. <laughs> there was a couple of times I'm just like, that's that's amazing, that's awesome, but just alone. Because Freddie kills people in real life. I, I'm sorry. No. <laughs> but I love sorry. the opening and the closing sequence. And, you know, there's a lot of like really great, you know, like the pool party scene and everything. So it's still a great like nightmare movie. Um, aside from there's no nightmares. Yeah, I do encourage you to go, and I'm not trying to be really pushy about this doc, but I really do encourage you to watch the documentary because it will give you a totally, because I felt the same way, but it'll give you a totally different view on the movie and you will love Mark Patton. He is just, oh, I love that man. Uh, he's so cool. Um, and the and the movie, it was, you know, he suffered a lot from that movie. He was outed before he wanted to be outed and treated like crap and yeah so anyway sorry sorry. (laughs) and Sasha what's your least favorite one I'm gonna go with four and five I just wasn't they just weren't it for me 
You don't like Alice, huh? <laughs> I'm not an Alice fan. I don't know. I know. I couldn't I couldn't do it. Uh, if we were talking about the movie that shall not be named, that would be my least favorite. I would like yeah. those two hours back. <laughs> yeah, well, that's, that, that's why I put it, because I was like, everybody's going to name that one, so we're going to not talk about it. <laughs> yeah, that, that would be my bottom. Absolute, yeah. like, no. Just no. But if I had to pick out of these... Yeah, I'm just not an Alice fan, which is sad, and I'm not really sure why. She just, she's not, yeah, I don't know. Uh, well, you're wrong. No, I'm just <laughs> I usually am. It's okay. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Susie? Uh, I personally don't like, what is it, the sixth one? The one yes. before oh. New Nightmare? Freddy's Dead. Um, Listen, I really like, I love the campiness. I love both parts of Freddy. Like, the serious, like, I'm a murder you in your sleep. But also the campy, like, just slasher dude bro guy. <laughs> dude bro guy. <laughs> I don't know what else to say. The the slasher milady dude. Because Adora is a choice. Frederick. It's a choice. Frederick. But I just, I don't like it because I feel like it goes too, too far into like almost Looney Tune territory. And I, I don't know. I just, I don't like it. And my favorite, like what I think is really funny is that my favorite piece of like trivia about that film is that when Les Craven was getting ready for New Nightmare, he was rewatching all the sequels and he could not get through that one. <laughs> he, he stopped and never finished it. And I'm like, <laughs> one mind. Yep. To be yes, fair, yes. I didn't rewatch that one. So that might be my least favorite now that Susie's talking about it because I yeah, forgot that that yeah. existed. Because I did four or five and then I did a new nightmare. So somehow I skipped yep. one. By pure providence. <laughs> you're like, your brain already knew it wasn't good. It could have been. My brain was like, please, you're going to lose another two hours and you're going to be angry about it. So just, it doesn't exist. Memory wipe. Yeah, yeah, it's that's my least favorite too. And uh, giving Freddie a daughter was so ridiculous and stupid and making it that he was married. <laughs> Susie lost it at that. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> that just pissed me off. I'm sorry. That just that was just stupid, dumb. I love Yafet Koto. May he rest in peace as well. I love him. I liked seeing him in this, but it's just, no, I didn't like the fact that for a little bit, they weren't even in on Elm Street. They've left the whole town. I didn't like that. Uh, the whole stupid, cheesy 3D thing, which is fine. It's just stupid, though. And I just, <laughs> <laughs> I hate this one so much. I hate it. Like, I had to force myself to rewatch this one. I think it is one of the worst horror movies made, period. I hate it. I hate everything about it. <laughs> it's so dumb. It's so stupid. Um, I think it's also insulting to people. I, I just, oh, it's just everything about it is wrong and awful. Freddie did not need to have a daughter. Freddie did not need to be married. That was stupid and dumb. <laughs> yeah, Aaron, also I'm changing my answer to that movie. So can I be right now? Yeah. yeah. It's also terrible that they have canonically put into the universe that Freddy fucks, and I can't. Yeah. I can't deal with that. I yeah, can't. I'm sorry. I mean, yeah. he's already got creepy, weird sex stuff anyway because of his whole, 
you know, chasing after teenagers thing and the fact that he was originally going to be a child molester. So he's already got the creepiness there. You don't have to put that in there that he was. And the way he was with his daughter in the flashback scenes was creepy enough. And oh God, I just oh, hate what that. Is movie. that. What is this? Oh, I did not watch it. And I too, See? like Sasha, would like to change my answer now, which is based on what you guys have said. <laughs> I'm not going to watch it, but I, it will be. Yeah. I yeah. really, Susie's right. My brain wiped it because <laughs> I had seen it previously, but I did not rewatch it for this. And so it wasn't even in my. Yeah. I mean, there are my brain cool... holes threw it up. They went, nope. <laughs> There are some cool ideas in it, like the idea that the town was so tired of all their kids dying that they just pretty much stopped having kids and there were no more kids. And there was just one last teenager and he got out and that's how he brought Freddie to other people. And Freddie wanted to bring basically his daughter was what the ultimate goal was. But it was like this town that basically went mad is the way they kind of like they have a whole scene where they go to go to a carnival and there are no kids at the carnival. And then they have that stupid Roseanne and Tom Arnold scene. That <laughs> <laughs> is so bad. It's so bad. <sighs> and then the stupid, you know, where they have Johnny Depp come back for the, this is your brain on drugs. <laughs> oh, no. I feel like you need to do a live rewatch of this. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Just so you can watch people cringe and mostly watch Susie spit her tea everywhere. There's not enough money in the world that can make me rewatch that. Not even if Robert Englund himself was like, hey, would you maybe then? Yeah, if Robert Englund was like, let's watch this together. Only if he's subjected to it with me. Yeah, it's horrible. It's so bad. I mean, it's it's almost as bad as the remake. <laughs> In fact, I actually think they're both just the same level of bad. Yeah. <laughs> so much yeah. I hate this one. I hate they both it. get a mug of hot water to the face. <laughs> yep. <laughs> that's, that's, that's all. That's all. That's that's the hot cocoa skill for those two. Oh yes, just, just yes, hot, hot cocoa. That's what we need to know. So, Susie. Before we move on, as you know, if you listen to our Scream episode, you know that Susie's thing, and we're going to have her do it for every single one of these guys, is she has decided whether or not they get cocoa and how much hot cocoa they get, these killers, to try and help them heal. <laughs> so so what kind of hot cocoa does Freddie get? Listen, Freddie is a special boy. <laughs> he doesn't need to heal. I don't know. Just <laughs> to help him heal. That's just chaos. He gets maybe like a mug of like apple cider. That's <laughs> no whipped cream. Like, and it's gonna be a hot mug because if anyone knows me, knows that I hate hot apple cider. So he gets like a hot scalding mug <laughs> of apple <Wow>. cider. <laughs> He doesn't even get cocoa. Wow. No, the hate is real over here. <laughs> no cocoa. Wow. Well, maybe, yeah. maybe Dream Warriors Freddy, he gets like just like the basic hot cocoa. Just like no whipped cream, no marshmallows, no nothing. Just that. Because thank you, sir, for that. Robert Eglin himself. Oh my God. Listen, I'm going to go gourmet style. I'm going to make him the hot cocoa of my people. 
whipped cream, marshmallows, add some cookies. I'm going to make this like a performance. <laughs> he gets the most hot, beautiful hot cocoa that I can muster to make. That's been my place. I'm going to have gold flakes in it. He's going to love it. Gold flakes? Yeah. <laughs> awesome. So Robert England, if you are listening, Robert England, Robert England, Robert England. <laughs> Heather too, and also Mark, you're all getting like authentic Mexican hot cocoa with all the with all the stuffs. I'll treat you to it. It'll be great. We'll have more fun. Awesome. That's how we get guests on the show now. It's a great way. Hot I'm cocoa. down to entice people with food. <laughs> like, yeah, come on. Bribery. I'm not above it. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Got your happy price, price line. Well, I want to talk about the treatment of women in this franchise because I think women are treated a little bit differently in this franchise than in some other slasher franchises. Even when you have final girls, it doesn't always mean that the women are treated very well. So, Jen, how do you think this series did overall with the treatment of women? I thought they did a really good job. I, I I like how the women are portrayed and treated and the actresses, the way that they put forth all that, that strength and everything. Um, I, I like that. I, like you said, you know, like they're teenagers and they're not believed and, but they, they still handle it. You know, these characters still handle that very well and they, they don't let that stop them and they keep fighting and they keep pursuing. And I think that's, and then like in dream warriors, you know, that little group of them finding strength in each other. Um, I, I thought I, I have, no, I have no complaints really. Um, I thought they did a really good job. I, like I said, I, I love Nancy. I mean, yeah, Alice is great too. Uh, Kristen, they're all, they're all solid final girls and there's really no like annoying weakness that I've you know picked up on or anything so I yeah and yeah. you know they all kept their clothes on so that's nice to see too especially <laughs> 80 from 80s movies so I, I appreciate that <laughs> Sasha uh the only woman who lost her clothes was the one in dream warriors when she was seducing the one boy Yes. Yeah. Yeah. When she's showing her breasts yeah yeah but she wasn't a main character she wasn't I don't even think she had a name. Did she? No, I, I don't think so. Just I don't Irwin think she was Waterman. a named character. She oh. wasn't even like, yeah. So she was the only one I think. She's the only one I can think of that ended up. Oh, there's a shower scene too. Was it Kristen? Um, not Patricia Arquette, Kristen. But she's like in the shower and it starts to fill. The water starts to but fill That was up. Alice. Or Alice. Number sorry. five. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Right yeah, after so... a sex scene. So there was actually a sex scene with Alice and the jock boy dan oh that's right you can't have sex in a horror movie you die <laughs> the the Come rules. On, there are rules <laughs> i think that other than yeah i think women were portrayed given the genre i think they were portrayed 
much nicer than other ones have done in the past. Um, I can't think of any running upstairs, putting too much faith in a white t-shirt sans bra, five sizes too small, which is my biggest complaint in horror movies. You all know that. Don't yes. even don't even at me. You all have heard me rant on this before, so just deal. Yeah, I can't think of anything that was like horror movie stereotypical female kind of tropey that they did. I'm I'm thinking real hard. Yeah. No. But I can't. True. Yeah, I think that they did overall I think they did a good job and I am going to attribute that to Wes Craven's daughter. <laughs> And Wes Craven, because I think that he did. He doesn't really do it in his movies. I'm trying to think. No, I mean, in... Scream, but Scream was making fun of the genre. Yeah. So it was it fit that mold. Well, even in Last House on the Left, which has a horrific yeah. sexual assault scene, even in that one, it still wasn't done in this way to glamorize that. Like yeah. there was no, I mean, that's one of the most disturbing scenes I've ever seen in a movie period. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. um, you know, they, they get their comeuppance in the end. So spoiler yeah. for that movie from <laughs> 30 years ago. I was going to say from 30. <laughs> yeah. I, so I think that, and I think that speaks to Wes Craven as a, as a filmmaker, like he wanted to make sure that women would enjoy his films as well because women like horror. So yeah. make something that we're going to appreciate and we don't feel belittled or made fun of or stereotyped. Yeah. I mean, we actually statistically watch horror more than you men do. So Susie, <laughs> how do you think they did with women? Ditto. <laughs> Ditto. <laughs> I pretty much disagree with everything Jen and Sasha said. Um, women in the Nightmare franchise are portrayed more positively and given more kind of like power and agency over other slasher films or kind of other films in the genre for the most part. Um, one of my favorite things, like one of the reasons why Nancy is one of my most favorite like final girls is the scene in the first one when she tells Freddie that he no longer has any power over her and she's taking back any kind of energy that she gave him and that's just that's that's so powerful and that's like so great for her to be like yeah no like screw you i'm gonna take back every bit of energy that i gave you it's mine it has been mine all along you're nothing and i love that and i feel like that's such a like a great message like yeah don't give your energy to like crabby people Take it back. Defeat those dream demons. Yeah. Yeah. I, I I mean, I think, like I said before, I think women are treated with a lot of respect in these movies. A lot more respect than in, say, Friday the 13th. And I just compare those because I think Friday the 13th, out of all the ones we're going to be talking about, is the one that has the least to say. I mean, it's really just about tits and ass and killing. That's really what Friday the 13th is about. And what I love about Nightmare on Elm Street is you have women that some of them are the brain, the, the geek. Some are the quote unquote would be portrayed as a slut in other movies. But there's never any disrespect for them. Um, there's never any, you know, like any of the women that aren't necessarily, you know, that don't, that aren't the good girls. They still get respect. They still are treated like 
they are human beings. They're fully fleshed out. Uh, I also love that this series in general embraces all the people that are different and weird and not necessarily always embraced by society. And I think that makes a difference too. And sometimes those are the ones that end up being the final girls or the ones that defeat people. Like that's one of the reasons I love Dream Warriors so much. So I do think this series overall does a really good job with how they treat their female characters. I mean, some of the moms are absolutely atrocious and awful, but the teenage girls are really, really great and given a lot of agency, which I think is also very important. And I just, I really like the way they are portrayed and treated in these movies. Um, I will say really quickly, and I didn't put this on here, but as with a lot of horror, they could do better with representation in other areas. <laughs> um, I don't think they always do so well with that. I mean, you did have Kincaid, who was one of the few black male characters in any of these movies. And then, of course, he dies in the beginning of four, which was awful. And then with, of course, but it was preceded by the most amazing scene ever of a dog pissing fire to get Freddy out of the grave, which I had to say was an amazing scene. But I will just, I just want to add that because I do think even though they have some, they had, um, and then they had the friend um, who died of asthma, the asthma attack. Mm -hmm. I can't remember her name now. Yeah, I can't remember one. her name, but she was, I I liked her and the friendship that she had with the, the bikery looking yeah. girl mm -hmm. that uh, turned into the roach. <laughs> yes. Um, yeah. I, I like that those two came across as like best friends. I don't know if there was supposed to be an underlining romance thing or, or not, but cause visually it's not what you would expect, right? You got mm -hmm. like this tall leggy, pretty blonde girl wearing the black leather and everything. And then you've got this like small petite kind of nerdy, uh, asthmatic little black girl and but it's like those are the two like they were they were best friends and I I did it like I did like seeing that um, yeah mm -hmm. I I agree always could do better with representation uh, personally when I'm re-watching movies from like the 80s and 90s these things obviously stand out but I try not to hold it against them too much because the times were the times, you know, not to say that it was okay or anything, but that's how movies were made. Um, very stereotypical. I thought Kincaid's character was a bit like over the top in a sense, like almost like they're like, be as black as you can be. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I think I read online somewhere too, that I can't remember which one of the other, uh, maybe it was the little nerdy one. They told her they wanted to reshoot some of her scenes and have her act, quote, more black. Yeah. Come on. Unnecessary. But again, it's the 80s. <laughs> Too much cocaine. Too Pretty much, much like, cocaine. <laughs> yeah, we're going to do this. And you got to be more black. And you be do this. And blah, blah, blah. <laughs> they didn't know what they were doing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, it, and I suggest watching that documentary, um, Never Sleep Again, which I know they go into that in there too. And the and also uh, watch the documentary on Shudder, Neo-Noir. Um, Neo-Noir, that's not what it's called. Horror-Noir, I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> Neo-Noir is total kind of shock. <laughs> watch the documentary Horror-Noir on Shudder. And they talk to the actor who played Kincaid and 
and stuff. And, and I think they talked to the actress who was in number five as well, who ended up surviving too. So mm -hmm. yeah, I mean, they, I mean, all of these always have room to improve in that. I just wanted to point that out just because I, I, while I think this movie gets a lot of things, these, this franchise, excuse me, gets a lot of things really correct in representation. There are a few things of course that, you know, could use improvement. And I think if you were to make some of these today, which we're not saying remake these, please do not try that again. <laughs> mm -mm. <laughs> no. But if, if, if Robert England was to come back and Freddie was to come back with Robert England, only Robert England, and you were to have some of these, you would have to change, of course, some of that stuff. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So I want to talk about Freddie as comic relief because Freddie became very much a comedian. I think in New Nightmare, the scene in the beginning when Heather Langenkamp is being interviewed and you've got the crowd and most of the audience is dressed up as Freddie. And when Robert England comes out dressed as Freddie, you, they just erupt in applause. And so I think that was also a commentary on this, honestly, <laughs> on what they did with Freddie and how Freddie became, and this happens a lot with these movies, became the focal point and became the one that people were actually connecting to more than anybody else. And with Freddie, I think it went even beyond because of the fact that he spoke. He was funny. He was a comedian. So do you think that was a good idea for them to do that, Jen? Do you think they went too far with it, too? I, I think overall they ended up going too far with it. But I think that would have been, considering how many movies they put out in kind of really a short amount of time, I, I don't see that there was a way to avoid that. Now, had they maybe not done so many sequels and maybe kind of spaced them out a little bit more. I could see them maybe not going that route, but I feel like, like I said, it was just kind of inevitable. Just bam, bam. They're just pumping movies out. I mean, there was like how many that came out. I think there was like two that came out within like a year of each other mm -hmm. or something. Yeah. Come on. <laughs> so I, it was, I, I, it's, I personally, it's not my favorite, but because I like this, I like Scary Freddy, but at the same time, because you have this franchise and because they they pumped out all those movies, it was going to happen. And so why not? You know, we're, we're already having fun, like you said, in this fantasy world, kind of anything can happen. These interesting, creative uh, death scenes, there's, there's going to be one-liners. And also the time 80s, you know, we got your action stars with all their one-liners and stuff. So I think it was... It was going to be inevitable. I think they did take it a little bit far, but you know, some folks like that. That's cool. It's I, I don't hate it, but I think I would have liked to see fewer movies and a scarier Freddy. Yeah, Sasha. Uh, I am the folks that like that, so <laughs> I am all about the comedic puns, ridiculous one-liners, cheese. I'm a big fan of like bad b-rated horror movies like the cheesier the better that campy feel i love it my question is what is with freddie and the tongues because yeah. in every movie the there's some sexual thing i'm telling you <laughs> there's something with tongues in every single movie and it's not i want to be very clear it is not gender specific he's not only trying to lick women no that sounded <laughs> <laughs> I can't take that back, so we're just going to move forward and keep going on that train. Um, but the tongues are everywhere. Like, 
<laughs> he, I can't. I'm done. No, keep going. I love this. I'm sorry. This is going to make a blooper reel somewhere. <laughs> you know, it's he's looking through the phone. He, when the nurse is seducing the young boy, the guy, she's like, grabs his tongue, pulls it out, spits the tongues to like strap him to the bed. Like, there's tongues everywhere in Very all of them. Yes, in kind of thing. I just, what is with the, <laughs> see, and so that's the, like, that's not scary. That's super cheesy. Like, what are you doing? The pulling the tongue out of the mouth, that's scary. That's creepy. That's like, don't keep your tongue belongs in your mouth. Don't be <laughs> pulling it out. That's bad business. But the way that they do it, it's just total cheese horror, you know? So I love, I love the corny one-liners. I just, I think it works. It works for Freddie. Yeah. Again, because he's the only one that speaks. You know, Michael doesn't speak and Jason doesn't speak. Now, if Michael busts out a one-liner, I'm going to be like... Yeah, that would is, be very weird. What is happening? <laughs> you know, Jason all of a sudden starts cracking jokes and you're going to be like, I, what are you doing, sir? Well, Jason was cracking some jokes. He did. On our slashers horror trivia night. Jason yeah. was... Jason was, I mean, the reason Jason doesn't speak is Jason has a, a wide a treasure gentleman. trove of, well, not just Southern, wide treasure trove of accents and, yep. <laughs> I heard some, I heard some Southern last night when I popped in to watch for a little bit. And <laughs> I just, yeah, I, I'm here for the cheese. So I'm okay that Freddie was comedic in a way also if they made him dark dark and kept the comedy i think that would make him even scarier yeah. anybody who can crack a joke and then impale you it's like oh shit yeah like you you're serious like you are no hot cocoa for you you're too far gone <laughs> not even apple cider at that point <laughs> not even apple cider like you're lucky if you're gonna get water my dude mm -hmm. <laughs> At that point, just tell him to go outside and touch some grass. Because oh my god! Yeah, it's like not the dog pee fire on you. Good luck. So, Susie, are you in Sasha's camp or are you in Jen's camp with the campiness? <laughs> Sorry. So here's a bit of cursed knowledge. Turns out that tongue fetishes are apparently called glossophilia. Huh. So I think that's what Freddie has. <laughs> Because that's just... Mm -hmm. <laughs> no, sir. Uh, I'm of, of both leaning a little bit more towards comedic. I mean, one of the things that I really like about the Nightmare franchise is that there's like, what is it, nine movies? Plus nine movies? And there's there's something for everyone. So if there are some days that I want to watch the more scary Freddy, I put on one of the more like scarier Freddy movies. If I want something just dumb and funny, I'll put on the comedic Freddy. So I think that's what I really like about the franchise is that there's different things that can appeal to different people, which I think is really great. Um, I I like him that he's I like when he's being like silly, a silly murderer. But don't go into Looney Tune territory because that's where you lose me. That's no, that's not. 
I'm watching Nightmare on Elm Street, not a Looney Tunes cartoon. If I want to watch Looney Tunes, I'll just turn that on. But no. Like when he's the wicked witch and flying on the broom. Oh, my God. So dumb. (laughs) That's no. No. (laughs) Like, I could see that being like an SNL skit or something really dumb, Mm -hmm. but like, no. It probably was first when they like Not saw that. Went, okay, Jesus. <laughs> I'm I'm kind of in between because I my favorite my two top two are the first one and the new nightmare because they are darker. Um, and they're not as comedic. I mean, really, New Nightmare, I don't think, really has any comedic elements to it whatsoever, really, as far as like from Freddy. And I, I do think there did there comes a point where you kind of lose the horror part of it and you lose the fear part of it. And you're more just like waiting for those puns. Like what great pun is Freddie going to come up with? And you stop caring as much about the characters, the other characters and as much about their survival. And you are more rooting for Freddie in a way. I think that that kind of happens with the nightmare series. But at the same time, I find a lot of that, with the exception of number six, I find a lot of it very entertaining and funny. And I laugh at some of his jokes. Um, And I do think in Freddy versus Jason, uh, it was fun watching that in a theater because I saw that in a packed theater. And you had people that were definitely rooting for Jason. You had people definitely rooting for Freddy. And so that was an interesting thing because you are rooting for one of these horrible, awful people. I was rooting for Freddy. But it was it was an interesting thing to watch that and to watch some of the puns. Um, and especially watching Freddy play off of a character that is not going to speak. And having to do those puns with him, I thought that was a really interesting dynamic. And, you know, while I was a little bit disappointed in Freddy versus Jason, because I think because we've been waiting for it for so long since that one Freddy, not what Freddy, but that one Jason movie where Jason pops up and he's got Freddy's glove and stuff. So we've been waiting for that forever. Uh, so I think that was why it was kind of a letdown. But at the same time, it, it was very tongue in cheek. And really, I think that was a way to really encapsulate how you've got this character that is really kind of playing off of those tropes that you have with Jason and that you have with Michael and, you know, where they are just that cold blooded killer and all they're about, they're just a killing machine. And with Freddie, I'm not excusing it. He does, (laughs) you know, as, as you watch the, if you listen to the bedwetter behead episode, spoilers, this is who we behead. Um, But (laughs) mainly because of the kid ickiness factor thing and then no sleep but you but you know i think it's kind of this nice little thing to have where even though he is a cold-blooded killer he kind of is creative in his kills and he's got a purpose i mean he's got a backstory while i don't while i the reason i like michael myers except for certain takes on michael myers The reason I like Michael Myers is the fact that there isn't a history to Michael Myers. He doesn't have a reason. He's just evil and he's just a cold-blooded killer. But I think with Freddy, it kind of works having that backstory because he's all about the fact that people killed him and he's trying to get revenge on their children. That's where he all starts from. Uh, So I think the humor is also a way to throw people off their game 
and be like you said, Sasha, if you've got something really dark and then you've got the humor where there's a joke and then all of a sudden, boom, he's going to kill you. You might not be expecting it and it kind of throws you off your game a little bit. So, yeah. Can you imagine being that victim? Like <laughs> cracking jokes, cracking jokes. Like I'm chasing you with a butcher knife and then I start cracking jokes and you're like, are you really going to kill? Are you not going to kill? <laughs> like, what, are you, what are you doing? And then slash, you're like. What if you're oh. like disappointed in the pun? Like, oh, that's the one I got. Oh. <laughs> right. Like, that's the <laughs> one I go out on. <laughs> you pull an answer. You're like, I take back any fear and power I gave you. That sucks. Come back and you have better material. <laughs> Like, how great would that be? The victim's response is just like Susie said. And then, you know, Freddie's like, well, it's like, hold on. You, you give, give him a minute. minute. Reset. <laughs> it's like, right? I need a cup of hot cocoa. <laughs> I'll do better. That's funny. Um, and we're going to do this with just spoiler with Halloween and Friday the 13th as well. And it may seem weird to do this, but I think when you're doing slashers, you kind of <laughs> want to talk about. Your favorite kills. I, I know that seems weird to people who don't watch these movies, but <laughs> I do think it is an important thing to talk about or a fun thing. I shouldn't say important, but a fun thing to talk about. So, Jen, what are some of your favorite kills? Or you can even talk about the dream sequences. Oh, God. Tina's always, first and foremost, that was so goddamn terrifying as a child. <laughs> yeah. As a five-year-old, that was really <laughs> spooky. <laughs> And it's just that whole idea of, you know, you're being attacked in your dream. It's an invisible force. You can't, you know, the people around you can't see what's happening. Um, and then just being dragged up the wall and onto the ceiling and everything. And then just plopped. Oh, my God. That one is definitely, like, probably my top favorite one. Uh, I did get a real big kick out of uh, the one girl turning into a roach. I thought mm -hmm. that was kind of funny. And I enjoyed that. Who else? God dang it. Come back to me. Okay. <laughs> those are, those are my... <laughs> okay, yeah, if you think of it, jump in. Sasha. Uh, I agree with Tina. That whole, like, rolling up the wall along the ceiling, you know, and just the boyfriend. Like, can you just be like, what is happening? <laughs> right? Because you're not seeing what they're seeing, so... That one definitely. Um, the welcome to prime time head through the TV, yeah, from Dream Warriors. The the puppet walk when in the in Dream Warriors when he slices yeah. his wrists and his feet and pulls out the tendons oh. and does the puppet walk just because of the tendons, yeah, like that whole. It's the thought that's creepier than I, the CGI is real bad, guys. So, like, if you haven't seen it, talking <laughs> '80s bad, but that imagery of the puppet walk, mm -hmm. um, that one was good. I think any of the dream sequences from Dream Warriors. I think they were all yeah. just because it was so different in how they did things in that movie. So I, I liked those. It's that walk. That was just truly creepy. The one that made me like cringe and just be sad was our punk rock mohawk girl when his fingers, they all became needles. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That was sad. Mm -hmm. You know, and it was like the want to get high. And that yeah. one broke my heart. Cause it's like, you, you can't like, I know that she was doing drugs before, but she's not doing them. She's clean. Mm -hmm. That one just 
that for me was like almost crossing a line. Like, don't, don't take her out like that. Pick a different death. That one just sucked. So those are mine. Yeah. I agree on that. And did you have any others, Jen, that you thought of that you wanted to add in there? Oh, well, I think Sasha nails it with the uh, tendons, the puppet walk. That one was, that one was really kind of (laughs) cringy. I was just like, oh God, that looks terrible. And even just like, think like, uh, remembering the scene and thinking about it, I, I I can like feel it, you know, like in your in the wrists and everything. And yeah. I don't I don't like that. I mean, I love it, but I I love when a movie or a scene or something is that impactful. But I hate it. <laughs> I don't <laughs> like it. I feel like itchy now. Uh-huh. Oh, uh, yeah. All the dream sequences were were solid and scary. And it's just you can just do so much in in dreams, and there's no rules and. Uh, no boundaries so yeah yeah um the only one i'll add that wasn't mentioned is in the first one with johnny depp's character being sucked into the bed i mean (laughs) first of all does anyone really have that much blood no (laughs) yes yes we all do (laughs) And the dripping when it's dripping from the, I mean, that was that image when it's dripping from the ceiling and going into that bucket they put, like when you have a leaking roof and they have the bucket under there and watching the dad come in and see that, that was horrific. That was horrifying. That was like, (laughs) Mm -hmm. that was just, yeah, that was, yeah. And I agree with the cockroach one. Um, And yeah, I agree that all the ones in dream warriors pretty much are all just horrible and fantastical and just <laughs> incredible at the same time. I, I agree. And it's, and, but yeah, I, I, I agree with those. I do think it was kind of clever having a character become like a cartoon, like one of his cartoons in the fifth one. And he kind of dies that way. I did kind of like it in the fifth one when Dan died and when the motorcycle became like Freddie's, Yes. Uh, hands like two of them and came. Yeah. And he became like a machine. I thought that was pretty cool. Yes. I thought that was clever. And I loved in four, I loved the dream sequence where Alice goes to the theater and she's watching the screen and it becomes like her life and she gets sucked into the screen. I just liked the way they did that. I thought that was really cool and interesting to watch. So yeah, I really liked that one as well. Can I throw out not a dream sequence or nightmare sequence or anything, but in a new nightmare, I really liked how her son used the dinosaur Rex as his like defense. Yeah. And so every time, because they didn't really show his nightmares or anything with what he was seeing, it was always like you would see Rex had the slashes in him and then he'd get patched back up. Um, so I was glad that they did that because I didn't want to see kid nightmares. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. I thought that was really good too. I agree. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Favorite kills and nightmares and or nightmares. Right. So Tina is definitely up there because it is like just the way that they kind of how that was done. Like the whole thing. Like I've always wanted to either like visit a set or just kind of like see or just like see it in like you we've all know like behind the scenes stuff, but I would just I would love to see in person how that's like mm-hmm. accomplished and, and done. And I also think Glenn's is really interesting because it reminds me very much of my period. 
<laughs> a bloody mess. A bloody mess. <laughs> it's true, people. Amen yeah. to that. And yes. we just lost all your male listeners, all three of them. <laughs> it's a period. I didn't kill a puppy. Come on. Like, <laughs> relax. But, uh, and also, I think one of my other, like, really favorite ones is, I think, is it Philip? I think it's Philip. Philip's death in Dream Warriors, when he gets turned into, like, a marionette via his tendons. Yeah. Talk about that one, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's gonna sound really weird, but that's kind of like my favorite thing when people do that in media is when they turn humans into marionettes via against their own will. <laughs> <laughs> like one thing that I definitely recommend looking up is look up on YouTube where is my mind, Criminal Minds, and that has like one of the most like haunting, like marionette human turned marionette scenes huh it's oh. <laughs> no thank you sounds yeah. like that's a hard path yeah <laughs> no i don't like marionettes they're like my least favorite of like the puppet muppet world so uh-uh no. so you're like uh-uh Mm-mm. i hate ventriloquist dummies they're just oh god oh they're crazy. No. that's a Ooh, no crazy. for me dog creepy, creepy, not creepy. having it no i have a I have an uncle who wants to like gift me one after he's after he dies, and I'm like, no, thank you. <laughs> I'm like, I'll let you because he knows I hate them, and I'm like, I'll let you know right now that thing is getting burned the second it reaches ownership of me. Yeah, no. I'd be like, no. <laughs> mm. Mm. Nope. So, is it? Do you like body horror then a lot, Susie? Yeah. <laughs> it's like it's weird. But it's also like a lot of fun. Mm -hmm. Then I also like thinking of how maybe it might have been accomplished by either like practical or CGI effects. So I was like looking at it and thinking of that. And that's how I can kind of get past most like body horror stuff because I'm more interested in like seeing the results of of various techniques and how people choose to do certain things. Mm hmm. Have you seen Raw? I have. No, I haven't. That's on my list. It's okay. on my list. And these are movies. Only see them if you like body horror. I will say that. Mm-hmm. I want to make sure you know that, everybody. Do not see these movies if you do not like body horror because it will disturb you a lot. So just keep that in mind. <laughs> body horror is not for everybody. Mm-hmm. So For bonus yeah. points, watch it eating either like chicken, spaghetti. <laughs> no. <laughs> Do not eat chicken when watching Raw. I will tell you chicken. I'm going to do it now. Now I feel like compelled. I'm going to go. Oh, I'm going to no. go to Popeye's or Church's. Get oh, me some no. nice spicy chicken and just chow down. I'll send you a picture when I do it too. Like, oh, I'm doing no. my and There's you'll know scene. once you watch it, you'll know the scene I'm talking about. You should... <laughs> do you need a cup of hot cocoa? Uh, yeah so yeah that movie is it's it's something <laughs> it's well done but yeah you have to like that genre for sure and i'm very up and down on that genre 
Okay, well, we're going to go ahead and close out, but we will maybe someday revisit these and maybe just focus on one movie and talk about that. And there's a bunch of other things we could mention with these two in the future. But we're going to go ahead and close out and have everybody say where they can be found. And then, Jen, if you also want to talk about your podcast. Oh, yes. Let me talk about my podcast. <laughs> so I have a podcast and it's called My Streaming Bubble. And I just I talk about the shows that I live with the people I tolerate. Uh, we do movies, and uh, my buddy Dozer and I, we actually were doing a bunch of uh, original versus remakes. So we, so that's when I had to watch the <laughs> fucking remake. <laughs> and it was so bad, and I was so mad. But RoboCop made me even madder. So you'll have to give it a listen because I go, I get real yelly. But it's... Um, but yeah, you can find me. I'm on the on the tweeters, uh, at Streaming Bubble. Uh, Facebook and Instagram, my streaming bubble. Uh, so yeah, and and the podcast can be found on like all platforms. So Spotify, Google, uh, Apple, uh, Podbean, Good Pods, all over, I'm everywhere. Can't <laughs> awesome, thank you. And she did just do one also on Killer Clowns just recently. So if you love Killer Clowns, and then just because I am so excited. I will be on her podcast soon talking about John Waters. Oh my gosh, I'm so excited. I love John Waters so much. I'm so glad to finally find people that like John Waters. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I said his name one day and my friends were like, who? And I was like, uh, they weren't in my house, but I was like, get out of my house. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. When we did our Colts episode and at Colt, at, you were on that one too, right, Sasha? Mm -hmm. on that one? Yes. And I was the only one that liked John Waters. I was like, seriously? Anyway, <laughs> but we're going to do John Waters episode next year, just to let everybody know. And we're going to have uh, Pasha likes John Waters. So we're going to have Pasha and we'll have Jen back for that one, hopefully, too. <laughs> so, Sasha, where can they find you? Yep. On the Instagram at Vegan Geek Chick. Um, and there's a link in my bio there to my dog's Instagram as well, because he's a clown. <laughs> and not like a killer clown. He's a legit... <laughs> dumb clown he is he is i've met him i've hung out with him he's yeah. a cutie but he is he's kind of he's kind of dumb love him, he's very he's much dumb. puppy we're he'll be <laughs> yeah. a year soon so i'm hoping in another six months or so right a year and a half the less puppy right lie to me <laughs> people lie like, to me yes he's like, yes nope. that's right yes <laughs> he's like nope <laughs> Susie, lie to me i'll give you hot cocoa again <laughs> thank you <laughs> and Susie. Yeah, uh, so you can find me on Twitter at SusieQ underscore SC, and there's another underscore for Instagram. And my dog's Instagram is at Benny underscore Pelucita, and he is a himbo. I'm just going to put that out there. That's, yeah, just, just I'm going to warn you, Sasha, because I love you. Like, maybe age one and a half is kind of where they reach, like, they ascend to himboness, like peak himbo. Oh, I love yeah. that. Mine's two years old. He's a two-year-old himbo. Oh my god. Peak himbo. That's the best. <laughs> and this is Erin. You can follow me on Twitter at E April Beauty. The E and the A and the B are capitalized, like I said on our Scream episode. Not much going on on my personal Twitter other than what I have been tweeting about constantly. So I don't need to repeat that. Um, you can be sure to like the show on Facebook at facebook.com slash it's a fandom thing pod on Twitter at fandom thing pod. No, it's in that one on Instagram at it's a fandom thing pod. Follow us on TikTok 
at It's a Fandom Thing Pod <laughs> and watch as Aaron, the other Aaron and I try to learn this wonderful world of TikTok. If you have any advice, I, I loved Darren Chris's advice because it was hilarious, but I'd like some other advice really on how to use TikTok. So please <laughs> help me out because I'm old and I don't quite understand, but we get a lot of views. And so I know it's a popular thing. That's the thing we should be using. So we're trying to use it better. And I'll probably be doing like a TikTok live thing. I'm terrified, but I will do that at some point. <laughs> what is that? I don't know any of these words. Uh, <laughs> but it makes me wonder if there's like a YouTube video on how to do TikTok because YouTube is very there's helpful. Be. There's kind of like be. a live stream. A TikTok live is just kind of like a live stream. Okay. 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 Uh, Thank yeah. you, Susie. That makes sense. <laughs> Yeah, I need to I, I need to understand it better because I know there's a lot of cool things you can do, but it's like, and then I'll watch some of these TikToks and I'm like, how does this have like 20,000 likes and 10,000 views? It's just a person like putting mayonnaise on a sandwich. I don't understand. I'm not saying that's exactly, but it, it's like in that kind of level. I'm like, I do not get it. I don't understand it. It's there's all about so the hashtags. It's about the, ha there's the hashtag you use. Thing. The sound you use yep. and what yep. the youths are in the mood for on that given day. <laughs> See, I do not understand it. Please, someone come and let me know how <laughs> you do the TikTok thing or let the other Aaron know because it confuses me. But follow us there. Hey, hey, you know, we put some funny things out there about what people will do for fudge. <laughs> <laughs> And then since this is dropping Friday, and if you're listening to this during the day on Friday, join us tonight at uh, 7 p.m. Mountain Standard Time. That's 6 Pacific, 8 Central, 9 Eastern for night eight of our horror trivia event. We're going to be talking about psychological horror. And um, we are going to have Meg back and Meg, you know, she's going to be on a lot of these and she's hilarious, but we do go off the rails sometimes like we did on Slashers. So we'll see what happens with that one. But Bex from Big Reputations podcast is going to be on that one. And so is the other Aaron. So that should be a lot of fun. And then we are going to be wrapping up our horror trivia very soon. So next Wednesday at 6, 7 p.m. Sorry, 7 p.m. Mountain Standard Time. We're going to be doing queer horror, and I'm really excited about that one. Susie will be on that one. Meg will be on that one, and Roman and Tyler will be on that one. So since we have Tyler and Meg, this will be a 10-hour <laughs> Sounds about right. <laughs> Little did you know, that's when the true 12-hour live stream happens. Yeah. Surprise. <laughs> no, but that'll be a lot of fun. Uh, but next week... We are going to be wrapping up the slashers portion. We do have one other week of horror after that, and then we'll be done with horror. But we're going to be wrapping up slashers with a discussion of Halloween and Friday the 13th. And Susie and Sasha will be back for both of those. And Megan will be on both of those as well. Sasha might miss out on Friday the 13th. We're hoping, fingers crossed, that will not happen. But <laughs> it's been out there. But I'm really excited for those. Like I've said, the first Halloween is my absolute favorite. I collect a lot of Michael Myers things. I'm not crazy and weird and I'm not trying to kill people, but I have Michael Myers socks. I have a Michael Myers candle. I have a Michael Myers coffee mug. I have a Michael Myers kitchen towel. 
I have a Michael Myers Christmas ornament that Susie made me. I have <laughs> I have a Michael Myers head that plays the theme. I have uh, a Michael Myers like welcome to Haddonfield thing. So it's more Halloween. <laughs> so as you can tell, I like Michael Myers. <laughs> it's more I like the franchise. I don't I don't root for Michael. I just to make it clear, even though it sounds like it, since I'm naming all these things I have of Michael Myers. But anyway, and, and I have, oh, I have two Michael Myers um, <laughs> magnets. It'll be probably a lot of gushing for me, but also trying to figure out the weirdest timeline in the history of slashers is the Halloween timeline. So that'll be a lot of fun. So until next time, remember, it's a fandom thing. Black Lives Matter and Stop Asian Hate. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus.